Well, there's nothing quite like in the middle of a stormy time here in Wales with the wind blowing around the house, wondering if the roof's going to come off, and the rain pouring against the windows to get a get a FaceTime message from a dear friend, Johnny Tudor, in the uh, sunshine. Where were you, Johnny? Where have you been? I was, I was in Tenerife. <laughs> well, I, ne- I nearly didn't make it because, you know, it was there was a hurricane going on. Right. And I heard that the bridge was about to close and I was flying from Bristol. Oh, my gosh. So I thought, well, we better go the night before, just in case. Good job I did, because they closed the bridges. Yeah, of course they did. Anyway, we were supposed to fly at nine in the morning. We eventually took off at five at night. Oh, my god! Eight hours delay. Wow. It was mayhem there. I can imagine. Because apparently there was over 40 mile an hour uh, um, winds. Right. So they couldn't get the... Um, the steps up to the plane, it was, it'd be getting blown away. I mean, it was that bad, you know. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, eventually, as soon as we got up in the air, it was fine. And yeah. uh, I had seven days of sunshine. Did you? Let me just check. Then, um, did you get a chance to? Yes. Did you get to do a little bit of sunbathing? I'm looking at your face now, Johnny. You tell a, us a little bit. I look a little bit, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mahogany, Johnny Mahogany Tudor. <laughs> I, I sat by the pool and I swam in the sea and I. Uh, I know, Johnny. Yeah, you, nice... you, you FaceTimed me. I saw it all. I saw the pool <laughs> and I saw the sun, you know, sun lounges and your book and all of that. <laughs> It was, was it was it good fun? Was it good fun? It was great. Well, it was just a relax, really. I mean, after all this rubbish with the old COVID, it was nice to get away. Yeah. And there wasn't too many restrictions. The only restriction was, as usual here, you have to put your mask on going into a restaurant yeah. uh, or a shop, but you could take it off as soon as you're there. Yeah. And that was it. I mean, in the street, you didn't have to wear one. And it was, you know, on the beach, obviously. So it was, it was very relaxing, really nice. Had some lovely food. Oh. I've, I met some nice uh, restaurateurs, or I, I hablo español with them, and yeah. Uh, yeah. practiced my Spanish. Well done. That's good. <laughs> I found out that they don't call potatoes patatas, or like they do in Spain. Right. In in the Canaries, they call them papos. Papos. And apparently, apparently, it comes from the South American. That's what they call them. They're papas. Papas. Ah, papas. Uh, papas. Papas. Hmm? But, but I think. Didn't they get potatoes from the South Americas yeah, in the first place? Exactly, yeah. Well, they did. They... Perhaps it's an Indian name. They came over. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? Who knows? Well, look, we thought we'd, um, we thought we'd talk about travelling today, then, because you've been on your travels. Yeah. Travelling right. to gigs, travelling light. I mean, you have had some amazing journeys, haven't you? Well, I'll tell you the worst one first. First one first, OK. <laughs> I had an unscrupulous agent who sent me to do the American bases in Germany. Right. But he sent me by train. <laughs> <laughs> so I get on a boat train from Blinkin, where was it? Not Southampton, uh, one of the Portsmouth, one of them, yeah. uh, to the Hook of Holland on a boat. Right. And then I'd have a boat train that took me all the way then to Wiesbaden. Right. Right. I'm on this train and there's a woman a bit older than me following me about. And I was only young, like 19 or something. And I thought this woman's stalking me. I couldn't hide from her. But that was only the start of it. Once I got to Wiesbaden, yeah. okay, doing the gigs. Although I didn't get much money. Well, I, I suppose in those days, 50 quid a week was quite a lot. Mm-hmm. But in Germany, it wasn't because everything was much more expensive than England. So I, I kept running out of money. You know? Anyway, so this unscrupulous agent said, right, you got a gig now. I said, where? He said, in Naples. I said, oh, okay, you're going on a train. <laughs> so the train from Wiesbaden via Frankfurt to Naples, it's like a day and a half. Yeah. The worst part was halfway there, the uh, the the, um, the the restaurant car went on strike, so I had no food. Oh. And I get down to Naples, and he sent me this place. I may have told you the story, but it was for the American sold American Navy. Right. Called, what was it called? The Bluebird Club. And I go in there, and there's a little square stage, 
And four MPs stood on every corner, weren't quite ill. Mm. I said, what are they doing there? Oh, you can't have that. He said, the thing is, with the artists, they get molested by the audience, especially if they're women. So we've got to have the police. <laughs> oh, this is a good gig, this one. The, the, the band were Italian who couldn't understand English and they didn't read music, only tonic so far. Right. I said, what? Don't they flipping me? And they said, yeah. So <laughs> the girl singer could speak a bit of English. She said, I translate it for you. So she is stood by the penis going, when she saw C, she got do, D, fa. And they no. played it. Wow. And it was a six piece band and they played it. Wow. I couldn't believe it, the whole act. But I was the one of the worst ships. Yeah, and, and on the trains in Europe, I suppose in those days, <laughs> obviously it wasn't steam, but they weren't terribly well kitted out, were they? I mean, in later years, I mean, some of those European trains are absolutely magnificent. Oh, they, yeah, they're they? good. I had, a, I had what they call a couchette. Oh. Which is like um, a poor man's sleeper. Right. <laughs> and you're sharing with the little earlier, the next bloke, you know. And it comes on, it's a hard bed that comes over the wall and you lean on it. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, but uh, I, I did have one great trip once. And I, I was doing the um, the QE2, I was doing the cabaret on the QE2. So they flew me out to um, Bali. Mm-hmm. And I stayed on until we hit Singapore and I was coming home from Singapore. So I had my ticket, my return ticket. And then John Craven got on, you know, John Craven used to do the news, news round. round. Right. Yeah, but he was coming on to do a lecture or something. He said, I got your ticket, you John. He said, so what, what for? Well, to take the fly you home. I said, no, I got my ticket. He said, no, he said, um, the um, the ship, the Cunard line, have hired the Concorde for the passengers and there's a free seat on it. No! I said, what do you mean? He said, well, it, it won't cost them anything. They've hired it anyway. You just go home on Concorde. I went Singapore to London in eight hours. Goodness me. What was, what was Concorde was a- like then? Because it looked like, when I've seen the pictures of it, it looks, I mean, it's pretty small, isn't it? Well, it, there's two seats either side of the aisle, that's it. Right. But they're two large, lovely, you know, leather Recliners. seats. You know, yeah. Like, yeah. And they're serving you food on, you know, proper cutlery and mm. proper china. And and um, once you take off and you're up there, you're so high, you can't feel any turbulence whatsoever because it's so high. Right. You can actually see the curve of the earth, actually see it. You're on the edge of space. So then there's a big clock in the front and it goes up to Mac 1 and everybody claps and it goes up to Mac 2 and they all clap again. And then um, uh, they all they come along and say, would you like to go into the cockpit, sir? I said, what do you mean? Well, everybody can have a chance if they want to go and say hello to the captain. So if, one by one, we went up to talk to the captain. So I said, oh, right, OK. So I got to be talking to the captain. It's a very pokey cockpit. Yeah. And I said, oh, it's very interesting. This. He said, yes, we had the... Um, the Queen on here, he said, and um, the Duke of Edinburgh. I said, all right. Yeah, Duke of Edinburgh was very interested. He liked all this, you know. And I actually said to him, says the captain, would Her Majesty like to come up front? And his actual words were, I quote, unless it eats hay and farts, she's not interested. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what he said. It's great, isn't it? And then we came down in Sri Lanka just to build a refuel and took off did a wing thing and came back to London. So that's the best trip I ever had. Because that's the thing. What about you? Well, that's the things that, you know, you go from that extreme, I suppose the very first, you know, you know, uh, intercontinental flight was when I went on tour yeah. with Max Boyce, you know, and it was it was wonderful. We But we were in economy. The, 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 was that your Australian trip? Yeah, yeah. so we went, obviously went from uh, London, Gatwick to uh, to Hong Kong via Cathay Pacific. I remember getting oh, on, yeah. just thinking, this is, well, this is the life of it. You know, Max actually, 
because he was in first class. He used to come back every so often and go, you doing all right, boys? Yeah, we just had champagne. We just <laughs> rubbed it in. But, you they know... Good, good company, Cathay Pacific. It was a nice, nice place. Fantastic. And they used to have, um, you know, like the, the menu. As soon as you go on, they give you the cocktail menu. Well... Yeah. I, I hadn't had a cocktail. Well, by the end of the trip, I'd had them all. I went to catch, <laughs> what, about, what about this one? They bring it up. You know, so the, the, we landed. I was still I was still at 20,000 feet when we landed in Hong Kong. And then you get into Hong Kong. I'm not sure if you ever flew into Hong Kong, did you? Through Kai Tak Airport? Yeah, I, I flew Pan Am. Pan Am. Uh, via Hong Kong to Australia. And then when I came back from Australia, I came the other way around via Los Angeles. Oh, wow. Well, in Kai Tak, yeah. you used to, you used to come down through the... Through the washing, you know, through the coast. Oh like, yeah, it's terrible. You come down. It's before they built the new airport. New airport, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we, it was like you were going to go into a skyscraper any minute. It was horrendous. Get over the hill and then whoosh, here we go, and then we are, and then you can see people almost, almost like waving from their window. Well, I, they weren't bothered. Yeah. I was, I was waving. I was just pleased. Well, I still having a cocktail. Um, so that was. So you go from that extreme, don't you? And then uh, yeah. you, you mentioned the coucher. I had to get yeah. uh, when I when I went on tour with Art Garfunkel for six months around Europe. Sometimes I'd be on a bus with everybody because uh, yeah. that was all paid for. But because I wasn't actually getting paid to do the gig, because I was just touring around and selling the CDs at the, to the back of the back, yeah. of, uh, back of the hall. Um, you I, were busking. I was. I was just trying to get some. Uh, how do I get? So we we were in. We'd gone to a place called Campione. Now Campione is an interesting place. Uh, we were actually staying in in uh, Lake Como in a lovely hotel, old lovely old hotel. But Campione was. They said, and obviously. You know, allegedly, it was owned by the mafia, and right. so you couldn't. You, you had to. It was actually you had to go through. You were in Italy, but you had to go through Switzerland to Campione. So it was like you crossed the border, and right. um, uh, it, I think you had to cross people's palms with silver to be get across the border in time. Anyway, so we, they've got three days later after Campione, we had a gig in Prague. Prague, okay. So they're all taking a flight. It's going to cost three hundred pounds for me to take a flight. Well, I didn't have any money at all, so. I th- well, I thought th- I'd go by train, <laughs> and that who was paid, it. Who, pay- who paid for your hotel? Did you have to pay that as well? Sometimes the hotels were free. Sometimes I had to pay oh, for the hotel are. as well. You know, so it was like this. I was building up this bill. I thought, well, I can't fly. Um, so yeah, I, I just went to the train station in in Como and said, I want to go to Prague, please. And it's amazing how kind people are, you know, because yeah, yeah. you know there was guitar in one hand, bag of CDs in the other, clothes on my back, and. Um, they, they planned the trip for me, and it was really interesting because if I'd have got on a plane, I'd have got in a, in a coach to the airport, yeah, to the yeah. to the airport, to the hotel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it meant that, and I had to. I went right through the Alps. I think it must have been to Stuttgart, yeah. right in Stuttgart, Stuttgart yeah. about midnight, and then caught the sleeper train from Stuttgart to Prague. Surprise. And it, it, there were four of us in this in this like yeah. sleeper compartment. There was this gentleman. His first time he was going back since 1968. He he was he was deaf. So, but he could speak English, and there were two American students, and of course, you you know, you you sort of sat around on your bunks, you know, what do you do? I'm students, I'm going back, I'm going back. So, what do you do? I'm I'm on tour with Art Garfunkel. What? And you know, he fell about. Yeah, right. Oh, but then I showed him my little ticket, like you know, the Art Garfunkel tour pass, and then, but it was it was amazing because that trip, you know, you're going through all these lovely parts of of Europe, and at the time, yeah. Prague was. It was actually pretty dirty because it was well, yeah yeah early nine no late nineties you know it it had come out of communism but it was still struggling so then going yeah, back yeah. years later um well two years ago looking how beautiful it was and I think that's yeah, probably why yeah. you you know you look at the pictures of Kiev now on the TV and, oh that's right and, and and how beautiful Kiev Kiev is 
you know. I mean, that beautiful church they've got in the middle of the square yes. there, which is a thousand years old. Yeah. You know, and this nutter's going to bomb it. Mm. I mean, it's unbelievable. You know, and these. I yeah, mean, the, yeah, the buildings. I can't are, believe people can do this. No, and you know these these. The buildings are so wonderful because they come from a different era in many, you know, many instances. Yeah, yeah. You know, Prague was, I think, was the capital of the Habsburgs for a little while. So they built these amazing palaces, which have got covered in grime through all the communist era. And now that they've been repainted and and you just, ah, oh, you know, your, your heart goes out, you know, as people, yeah, you know, we're talking yeah. about travelling and being, you know, difficult because... The buffet car's closed. I and, know, I know. We don't know where we're born, do no. we? And then you think about those vast those vast uh, distances across Europe, aren't they? You know, because he, he, particularly if you, you know, because when we get on a plane, you, you fly to Tenerife, you're there in a couple of hours, or you fly That's to Prague, right. yeah. it's two, two and a half hours, something like that. You know, when, yeah. you, when you go by road or by train, you just realise how big and how beautiful is. Europe is as well, isn't it? I remember waking up on this train trip to Naples and I woke up and there was a big mountain on the side of me. It was in Switzerland. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes, yes. Unbelievable. All of a sudden. But, you know, we're lucky in a way, though. We can, we've done this travelling and we've seen the world, you know, and mm. we paid for it. But mm. in your case, you didn't get paid, no, you didn't get paid for it. Just about, just about paid my way for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But was yeah. it good, that trip? I mean, obviously, great working with Art Garfunkel, but it, did it do you good? Did it do me good? I'm not sure. came back with amazing stories because the band that, that Art Garfunkel had assembled were, were amazing. I mean, they were, you know, they were master craftsmen from the New York sort of recording scene. There's one guy called Eric Weisberg. Eric Weisberg, big big guy, Eric, and he played guitar. Yeah. And he'd uh, he he had a hit with dueling banjos. Ding, 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 ding. Oh, I remember that. I remember yeah. telling me the story. He um yeah. he had been asked to do a film. And do you know Devil's Banjos? And he said, I, I know. He said, and so they flew him down to the deep south with a mate of his. And they recorded yeah. in, in a in like a bus shelter. That's sort of a bus pickup stop. They had to go back and do it again. Yeah. And then a year later, he was doing a session. And somebody said, I heard your record this morning. He said, well, what record? And they said, you know, that yeah. dueling banjos thing. And six weeks later, it had gone to number one. He didn't even know it had been released. Made a yeah, fortune. Does he play for you, the band, or were you just a one-man no, band? No, just, just, just me. Just me. Turn up. Plug in. As, uh, sometimes the, the, we had a great drummer, a guy called Steve Gadd. He played on, um, you know, uh, 50, do you know 50 Ways to Leave a Lover? Yeah, yeah, He's like, you know, the master craftsman. So I'd get there early and I'd sound check his drums for him to save him having to come in early. So that was great. But the great times were on on the tour bus in between some of these venues, when we were on a bus, I just... I'd butt out and just listen to these guys telling these stories, you know, about working yeah. with all the legendary artists like Sinatra and like Judy Collins and all these different people. And I remember, uh, you know, they'd obviously lived a lot, these guys said. Yeah. And Steve Gadd, I think, used to have quite a big drug problem, but he's clean now and he used to go running every morning. And I remember him saying, so-and-so, um, so-and-so, is, is he still, a, is he clean now? Is he clean? And then he went off into a world of his own, he just said, I suppose he must be still alive. You know, so it was those sort yeah, of stories yeah, yeah. That, that I've stuck There was with a sax since. player called Pete. What was his second name? He's, he's the one that started um, uh, the jazz club in London with, with the famous other saxophone. Oh, with Ronnie Scott, something. Was with it? Ronnie yeah. Scott. Pete, Pete, Pete King. Right. King was, Peter King. If you look him up, he was a famous sax yeah. player. And I was doing, um, talking about drugs, and he was doing a, a week with me in the, the um, what was there? It was a club in London off Bond Street called the Celebrity Restaurant, mm -hmm. which is owned by uh, Raymond's Review Bar guy, uh, Paul Raymond. Anyway, and we were doubling it with the American-based hotel called Douglas House. 
right? So we do the first gig, and he says, you know, I'm going to carry my sax, man. He was literally, he could hardly walk, okay? And I'm carrying his sax for him till we get to the next gig. And he, he went on stage and he blew his brains out. Yeah. Like, like nothing wrong with him. And he came up and went, isn't that amazing? But again, he kicked it afterwards, of course. But yeah. uh, he was a terrible stage. As you say, if he didn't kick it, he, you know, is he is he clean? Yes, he's still alive. It's funny you mentioned Peter King, the uh, saxophone player, because the guitarist in Max's band, Lad from Swans, he used to play in Bonnie Tyler's band. His name is Peter King. So Never. we we were sharing <laughs> we were sharing together in uh, in Hong Kong. All right. Of course, you know you check in uh, M Pope. Yeah, uh, name P King. <laughs> 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 Yeah, yeah. That's like what's well, name's joking it. Oh, oh, pal, Win Calvin. You know, you can. What's the difference between roast beef and pea soup? I don't know. Well, you can roast beef. <laughs> Did you happen to see his funeral? I got. I got a little bit of online. Oh, he's a special man, and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, dearly loved. You could tell by the by the funeral service that was online. And the speeches, yeah, were very funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, any trips that oh, you, I... any trips that you'd like to do? You know, any trips. Well, people ask me this. Where haven't you been, John? And mm. I, I literally can't really think where I haven't been. I've mm. been to Russia. Yeah, you have been I to Russia. To, um, I went to St. Petersburg. I went to Vladivostok. Mm. I've been to Japan. I've been to South Africa. I've been to Canada. I've been to... Uh, I haven't worked in the States. Right. And I've only ever been in transit to the States. So probably I'd like to see more of the States. I know it sounds crazy because that's probably the first place most people go yeah. for America, you know, yeah. down there. But I've never done it. I've, I've flown into Los Angeles to go somewhere else. I've flown into, I remember flying home from, funny enough, from Australia. And I don't know where there was a detour. And I ended up in um, Seattle. Right. Don't ask me why, but I'm sitting in Seattle and it's raining like hell, you know. Yeah. And I'm sitting next to a bloke and he was a, an Eskimo. And he had all the gear on. He said, <laughs> so I don't know where he came from. <laughs> but I've never actually seen the actual country, so I should do it one day. Yeah, Get the yeah, old yeah. car and do, you know, the Vegas bit. And uh, New York. I always wanted to go to Vegas when it was the days when the boys were there. Yes. The Sinatras and Sammy Davis. And yeah. That was real Vegas, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it's more like a... Like a a Disneyland, playground, no more Disneyland than, for yeah, Disneyland for grown-ups, isn't it? Yeah. But yeah. those days, you know, can you imagine seeing all those guys on stage? They were, they were giant. Yeah. You know? And the, I mean, the lovely thing about your travels um, is that we, we're lucky that we have this uh, transferable skill that people like singing and yeah, dancing yeah. And, and all that, don't they? And once you could, once you That's show you right. can do that, they'll, you know, I remember we were in, um, we were in Wellington having done Max's gig and Windy Wellington, as it, as it was called in the band, we went to a Chilean restaurant. Oh, and right. uh, it was late on a Sunday night. We were the only ones in the restaurant. But they had a little stage that the, every so often the, the waiters would go up and, and play a couple of songs, Chilean songs. So we were big Linda Ronstadt fans, me and the, the boys. Oh, the I band. liked Linda Ronstadt. She was great. And there was a song called Los Siendo Mi Vida. Anyway, it was one of these songs we did in Spanish. So we said, would, would you like us to give us a, give you a tune? So we went up, uh, myself, Peter King, uh, and Paul Carmen, sadly no longer with us. I mean, in three-part harmony, we sang this Spanish song. Yeah. Well, everybody was in tears. We didn't have to pay for anything. We had, we had free okay. food, free beer. It was just, oh, wonderful. Because Linda Ronstadt, was she Mexican? Mexican-American, yeah. So, like, from Austin in Texas. So her parents were, yeah, she was definitely, um, you know, Yeah, it was like Vicky Carr was another great singer. She was Mexican. Tex-Mex, American. Yeah, 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 yeah. Remember her, Vicky Carr, oh, back yeah, in the 60s? Oh, yeah, great voice, great voice. Great, and she used to cry when she used to sing, you know. Wow. 
<laughs> What's that lovely joke about the guys? And he's on the stage and he's singing Land of My Fathers and the fellow in the front and he's crying. He said, what are you, a Welshman? He said, no, I'm a musician. <laughs> uh, I got to tell you, because this week I did a gig at the uh, Acapella. So I'm back on tour this month. I mean, the Gwyn Hall. I mean, the Gwyn Hall. I mean, the uh, was it Welfare Astrogan Lice? I mean, Theatre Mulden and uh, Bilth Wells. Uh, anyway, um, I, I put in a, a, a song from the Tommy Farr musical because Tommy used to always sing the Welsh National Anthem. You know, right. at the end, and his fights, he'd pick the microphone, he'd sing the national anthem, he'd be, you know, there'd be 10, 20,000 Welshmen in the crowd, they're all singing along with him. So the, at the end of the musical, and it's, just, it's a terrible theatrical trick that I played on the audience with Contender, but I wrote a song that goes, that sort of intertwines with the national anthem, right? Right, okay. So you don't know it until you know it, and then suddenly it becomes the national anthem. Well, of course, at the end of a theatre show, sing the Welsh national anthem in Wales, everybody gets their feet. Well, right. standing ovation every night. And this, I, and as I was putting it together for the show at Acapella, I might keep it in the rest of the tour, actually, because, you know, you want, you, want, you want people on their feet at the end. You want them to get up. That's Absolutely. Right. They, um, I found myself in tears. It was yeah. just bizarre, you know. I mean, Did you listen to that thing I sent you? I don't know if you had a chance to listen to it. No. Dorothy Squire's doing the, the irony of war. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a listen, particularly with what it's we all It's amazing. I mean, I, I remember her doing it. I was on a play doing when she did it. But it, it's so... And now it's even more poignant. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's an amalgam of about three songs about this about this kid. It's from a show called The Matahari, I think. All right. And it's about a little boy. He's a conscript. And he's out there. He's got to shoot this other kid. And he look at him. He said, he's like me. He's only a kid like me. Mm. I don't want to shoot him. But mm. can I do it? You know, you have to listen to it. It'll drive you crazy. It's a lovely song. And I'll put the link in the bottom. Down the, um, at yeah. the bottom of our uh, Facebook uh, video and our uh, YouTube video, and I'll put it on yeah. the uh, podcast as well for uh, Podbean. So, all right, well, look, well, we got through another one, Johnny. We got through another one. Aye, we got through another one. <laughs> we'll see if we can get a couple of guests on. Let's, like let's put our <laughs> let's put our thinking caps on. We're going to get some guests, so we are. So, if you're out there, oh, yeah, it, could, yeah. it could be you. So, in the meantime, um, from Johnny Mahogany Tudor, it's goodbye from him. <laughs> Pale face. Look at the pale face boy. The pale <laughs> <laughs> Father Christmas. See you soon. Bye. All the best, mate. Ta-da. Ta-da.